We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it's June 2nd, it is 2023. We have a massive, massive baseball game slate, baseball slate on today's podcast. 13 games here on this Friday. NBA playoffs in full swing here, finals going on. Um, Keith, I, I said that I thought it was going to be Denver in five, and I might have been wrong. It might be Denver in four. <laughs> they definitely look like the better team here in game one. Again, this game is in Denver. We'll get a couple games here in Miami, but um, Keith Eister joining us today. Not hosting. Back in the, <laughs> the seat of not hosting. I appreciate you filling in Monday and Tuesday for me, uh, my friend. So uh, what's happening, man? Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, went okay. It was it was definitely different being on that side of it, but uh, I think we did all right without you. Um, yeah, Denver looks just amazing. Jokic is doing his thing. I don't even think he scored in the first half, and he was just dominant, just without even having to score. It's it's incredible what that guy does. He's really good um, yeah. when he wants to be. There was a, there was a period of time I remember telling people that um, don't play Nikola Jokic, and it worked out for a very long time, and then the start of this year or start of last year he just like he just went to being like unstoppable and um just being fantastic so that doesn't work out anymore um you, yeah, he, you I mean, tell your certain he can certainly score when he wants to but just the way that he can dictate the game by with his passing and um yeah. controlling the rim with rebounds and things like that like just so many ways he impacts the game no you're not wrong um so excited for um the finals. I mean, basketball season is finally ending. 
Like it's it's crazy. I feel like um, there's a point of the season that it was getting really exhausting, and like the playoffs have been kind of fantastic. So it's been fun to watch again. Uh, baseball season in full swing, NASCAR season in full swing. So a lot going on. Um, yeah, let's let's get into it and have some fun here. We again we have a lot to talk about baseball wise. So um, enough. What do they call it? Beating around the bush. Um, let's get into the yeah. slate. Philadelphia at Washington, eight and a half total in this game. The Phillies are a 190 favorite. We got Wheeler and Josiah Gray facing off against each other. Zach Wheeler, 9,200 on DraftKings, coming off an absolute dominant performance against Atlanta. 12 strikeouts, eight innings, three hits, no runs. Dominant. The one thing that I do want to note is that's now five or six out of his last seven games that he's thrown over 100 pitches, four straight games that he's thrown over 100 pitches. He's starting to find his groove. The strikeouts are still hit or miss, depending on who he's facing. What are we doing with Zach Wheeler against a bad Washington offense today? Yeah, I'm very much in play. I think you're getting a slight discount from his what his recent performance has been. Um, he was having a, a bit of a tough season up until a few starts ago. The strikeouts were down a little bit. He was still fine, um, but it looks like he's really rounding into that true ace. And he's not quite priced like one. He also has a great matchup against a Washington team. Um, they don't strike out a ton, which is always an issue. But Wheeler has the type of stuff where when he's on, he can still rack up strikeouts. I think he's a little bit underpriced for this matchup. This seems bad. I mean, they're 25th in WRC+. Plus. They don't have a ton of power. The strikeouts are still low, but they're increasing Like as the season's going on here. You know, so... I think Wheeler goes out and throws 100-plus pitches again, seven-plus innings, picks up five to eight strikeouts, and at 9,200, how can you really argue with that? So um, I think he's up towards the top today as far as pitchers I want to play. Josiah Gray on the other side of this game. Josiah Gray actually started the season pretty solid. Um, It's definitely coming back to being more Josiah Gray here recently. We wanted to believe in the stuff. Um, the talent is there. It, it, it really is. Um, but again, we're looking at a guy sitting at a five Sierra. His swinging strike rate has started to really decline. The strikeout rate has really started to decline. Any interest here in Josiah Gray up against Philadelphia? I can't do it on this slate. We have a huge slate, plenty of options. Um, I, the talent is there. This guy, I think, is eventually going to figure it out. It looked like he was turning a corner early this season. Uh, he's done a better job keeping the ball on the ground and and not giving up near as many home runs. But the strikeout stuff, like like you mentioned, has just kind of fallen off here recently. Philly has enough power on the other side, especially with Harper back in that lineup. Uh, I don't think I'm I'm playing any Josiah Gray today. Yeah, I think that's probably the right move. All right, let's talk some bats here. Going up against Josiah Gray. I mean Harper. Turner, I don't know if he's still cheap on FanDuel and Yahoo. He was a lot cheaper on FanDuel and Yahoo than he was on DraftKings here recently. They are very dynamic in their pricing. Um, Harper, Turner, Schwarber at the top, Romuto. I don't think I want to pay 4800 for Romuto today. I think if you're going to pay up for catcher, we're going to talk about a guy um, later on the slate. So I would probably get two or three of these guys and then you know fit in trying to find two cheaper bats here for Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, up until this season, the way you attract, attack Josiah Gray was with lefty power, and the Phillies have two of the best lefty power hitters in all of baseball, Harper and Schwarber. Um, I like Bryson Stott as well if he's leading off again, 4,400. Um, 
Brandon Marsh has been buried in the order a little bit, but he's really cheap. So if you need a little savings to fit Harper and Schwarber in that there, I really like going to Brandon Marsh. Um, Turner, man, he's been, I would say, after the WBC, what he did in the WBC, everybody was so excited about him coming to Philly, that awesome ballpark in front of a bunch of power guys. Uh, but he, he's been quite a disappointment this this season. Hopefully he turns it around. Um, but yeah, I, Harper and Schwarber I love getting cheaper i think stott and marsh are, are great plays as well i love the marsh call um this is a guy that was over 5k at one point in the season he was hitting the ball so well um and i mean honestly if you look at his recent games he's hit safely in what seven of the last eight games eight of the last nine so it's not the power has kind of cooled off a little bit but a matchup against Josiah gray is always um something that I get that power going Washington side of this game, honestly, I don't have a ton of interest in Washington. I think Wheeler's a good pitcher. I don't see a ton of upside here in Washington in general. Um, is there anything that I'm missing here for Washington? No, I don't think you're missing anything. Wheeler's super talented, just not a lot of power on this Washington side. Um, I'm, I'm out. It's a 13-game slate. I don't think a Washington stack is going to win the slate today. So right. that's just where <laughs> I'm at. Uh, what's up, YouTube chat? Hope everyone's having a fantastic thursday night thanks for hanging out with us here on the morning grind live right uh, you know everyone that's listening on the podcast form make sure you head on over to the rotor grinders morning grind youtube page subscribe hit that notification button that way you know when we're live always feel free to hit the like button as well we appreciate it housekeeping done st louis at pittsburgh nine total in this game cardinals a 134 favorite flaherty against Contreras. um any interest here in jack flaherty at 6800 going up against pittsburgh man they're just begging us to play him they, aren't they they, <laughs> they are i love it i think this is a decision that is tough i feel like this is a decision that projection models might be on flaherty here giving him a little bit of a bump in ownership like i, I don't know man um a very really talented pitcher that's really struggled this year. And if you look at like underlining numbers, like he's technically by the numbers pitching better than he was last year. It's just, it's, it's hard to see. Yeah. And the, the leash has been outstanding. He's been over a hundred pitches in three straight, um, which I mean, the Cardinals as an organization, I don't know what they're doing with that, with the injury troubles this guy has had, but if I'm going to get a hundred pitches at 6,800 against the pirates, I have to have some interest. The walk rate is obviously an issue, um, and he starts to figure it out. He only walked one in his last start, um, but four before the start before that, two, five. So he he will have these blow up spots where he he just walks too many guys. Um, he's in play though. I I think it does depend on ownership. If he's really chalky on the slate, which I, there are enough options, I don't think he will be like over twenty percent or anything. Um, but I, I think at this, this price in this matchup, he's, he's in play for sure. Okay, so I, I think he's actually going to be somewhat popular. For, for a 13-game slate popular, I don't think he's going to be like 50% owned. I'm not saying that. I don't think anyone's going to be that high. Um, the one thing that I'll say about Flaherty here is Pittsburgh, while they're not like the best offense in the world, they're still a very patient offense. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not the best matchup. It's not the worst matchup. They do strike out. They're patient. They put the ball in play. They have a below average um, WRC plus against right-handed pitching. I just think he's going to pop on projection models, and I'm concerned about what type of ownership he's going to have. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he doesn't pop. Maybe he's a guy that's you know six seven percent. That's where I would have interest in Flaherty. I'm not playing a chalky 
Jack Flaherty, who is really struggling with command this season. So um, Contreras on the other side of this game, I mean, kind of, I don't know what they're doing with him, right? Like they started him at the, end of the beginning of the season. He had some really good starts, put him out the bullpen. He threw a couple innings in the bullpen the other day. Now he's back to starting. Um, I assume he's going to get a normal 80 plus pitch workload, 6,200 against the Cardinals. I'm probably not playing Flaherty today or Contreras. Contreras. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Another guy that I, I believe in the talent, very similar to Joe's. I agree. I think he's a, a good young pitcher with a lot of arm talent, just hasn't quite put it together. A matchup against St. Louis on a 13 game slate. I don't think is, is the spot. I try to see if he can turn it around. Um, the strikeout stuff will come eventually, but he's been down under 20%. He's at 16 and a half percent on the season. So just this, he has not figured out how to miss bats, um, to the level of his arm talent yet. I'm, I'm out on Ryan C. Contreras today. Um, bats here for St. Louis new bar is still kind of banged up. We'll see if he's back in the lineup or not. Um, I think it was like a back injury. Like didn't he run into the fence or something in the first inning of a game? on monday or tuesday um something like that it was something along those lines i was um, listening to some of the game while i was traveling anyway um i mean i think the cardinal stack is okay they're not my favorite stack but i wouldn't talk you off of them doubt ballpark downgrade going into pittsburgh um Contreras is a solid pitcher decent bullpen behind him um so yeah i mean i just don't it's like one of those spots where Maybe I end up on like a mini stack, but they're so expensive. Like, who am I mini stacking? Um, I, I just don't think the Cardinals make their way into a lot of, if any, lineups today. I don't have a ton of interest in the full stack, but the mini stack that you just hinted at there, I think it you can find that. Um, lefty power in Pittsburgh still plays okay. It's really tough on righty power, but lefty power is all right. So Nolan Gorman is a guy that I, I like in this matchup. 4,900 for him. You can obviously always play Goldschmidt and Arenado, but Gorman would be my favorite for the slight savings. Um, they also just called up a uh, recall Jordan Walker. He's 3,300, a big power guy. Um, don't hate that one. Um, and then Donovan, if he's in the lineup, he's 2,900. So if you wanted to do like Goldschmidt Gorman and then Walker or Donovan, like that little mini stack, I think I can get on board with, but agree. I'm, I'm not really full stacking ballpark and good bullpen. Like you mentioned. Pittsburgh is interesting as a mini stack too. If Flaherty gets a lot of ownership with his walk um, rate this season and how he struggled, I think that they could be a really interesting mini stack. Um, Reynolds would be where I would start. And then I would just kind of build around uh, maybe a main stack. Swazinski at 3,200 is someone that I really like in this spot. Um, he's a guy that has power. He has 11 home runs on the season. He's 3,200. Um, Pittsburgh's just underpriced in general for the talent they have right now. So uh, Swazinski and Reynolds and then like a middle infielder type of play catcher type of play something like that so I'm not using like three outfielders in a mini stack um, I don't hate it if Flaherty is going to get some ownership yeah you broke that down exactly how I would have I absolutely love Brian Reynolds he's one of my favorite hitters on the entire slate Swinski for some cheap power is a great option um, I think Jaywan Bay at um, second base is the third guy you could throw in there has the platoon advantage um, he's cheap He'll probably be down in the order, um, but Bay is a guy that I, I could use to round out the three-man stack. All right, we're going to Fenway, where Tampa is in Fenway today. Uh, no total in this game. 
it sounds like it's going to be Whitlock and Glass now facing off against each other. Uh, Tyler Glass now made a made his season debut about a week ago or so. Through four and a four and a third, eighty three pitches um, against the Dodgers. Good strikeout stuff in that game. Um, his strikeout stuff looked really good. Uh, was getting good movement according to Baseball Savant. Uh, Savant. <laughs> I, I tried to mess mess it up on purpose, and I still like um, said it. Um, so yeah, that's what I get for trying to be funny. Um, <laughs> I'm just not a funny person. Anyway, uh, Glass now seventy nine hundred going up against the Red Sox. Any interest in him here? Yeah, I mean, this is a pitcher that's far more talented than his 7,900 price tag. I don't know how much they're going to push the pitch count. Um, so I, there is a little hesitation here. Uh, for one, Boston doesn't strike out that much. Glasnow is the type of pitcher when he's right, it, matchup does not matter for him. Like when he was competing for Cy Young's a couple of years ago when he was healthy, he was like a 35 plus percent K rate guy. So there's definitely strikeout stuff here. The strikeouts are real. The matchup and the leash are my only concerns, but I think it's it's baked into the price. So I, I'm fully on board with Glasnow here, even in a tough matchup, tough ballpark. Yeah, I mean, this is a big big swinging strike guy. The last time we saw him full season-wise was 2021. He threw 88 innings. He had 123 strikeouts, 17% swinging strikes um, in 88 innings, 36% K rate. He generated so many swinging strikes his first time out um, against the Dodgers. Like, the Dodgers are a really good offense, and – um, I mean, he got a little unlucky with the home run that he gave up, but like realistically, we look at the advanced numbers from that start 1.4 xFIP, <laughs> just insane. Um, contact rate down in the low 60s. Like, yeah, he gave up, he gave up one big hit. And if he's gonna get 80 plus pitches, I think he's just too cheap for his ceiling. Um, I, listen, I don't like playing pitchers against them, the Red Sox, they're a really good team, they put the ball in play, they have low strikeout rates, but. They're not perfect by any means. Um, like they're a team that's kind of been slipping a little bit. Like, is their strikeout rate kind of it's gone up almost two percent in the month of May, strikeout wise. So I think Glass now is in play. Whitlock on the other side of this game. Tampa's such a tough team to play pitchers against that I, okay, for what it's worth, I think Garrett Whitlock is not a bad pitcher um by any means. Um, I think he's gonna be a guy that grades out a little above average by the end of his career. Um, he has a really good changeup, which is very effective against righties. So that's huge for him. His swinging strike rate last year was really solid. We saw really solid swinging strike rate this year so far. I just, the matchup, man, uh, it's just the matchup. If he's facing a different team at 6,500 today, I think we have interest. But the fact that like, he's just facing a tough Tampa team, that's getting a ballpark upgrade going into Fenway. I just, it's really hard for me to play Whitlock even at this price tag. Yeah. It, it's the matchup for me as well. Um, Tampa has been the highest scoring offense in baseball and they play their home games in one of the best pitchers parks in, in all of baseball. So going into Fenway, it's, it's a pretty significant ballpark upgrade for them here. Um, I'm, I'm out on Whitlock also. I like him, man. I really do. Um, I just, I don't like him today. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> if that makes any kind of sense. All right, let's talk about some bats here. I mean, I respect the talent for Whitlock, but you also have to respect the talent for Tampa. If um, Wander Franco is out again, I know um, he's just banged up right now, but they did say he was available off the bench Wednesday. I don't think he played Wednesday, though, but knowing that he was available, he probably plays in this game. He didn't play Wednesday. They were off Thursday. Two days, I'm sure he's back in the lineup. Uh, but I think it's going to be a tough lineup. 
to stack just because of the pricing, but I don't mind maybe getting a one-off or two or a little mini stack or a full-on stack um, if you want to do a full-on stack. I just The ballpark upgrade is fantastic, a team that scores a ton. So um, I think they're definitely playable as a stack or mini stack. Yeah, they're they're playable. They're a little bit expensive for that's my the problem, uh, right? Yeah, it's just the price. Yep. Um, I so that's why I, I kind of lean more towards the mini stack. Um, Josh Lowe is a guy who's been absolutely crushing out of the leadoff spot here recently. He's forty seven hundred. Like getting up to a Rosarena is is tough. Diaz has had an awesome year. It's hard to argue with what he's doing. All the stat cast underlying metrics and things like that are supporting what Yandy Diaz is doing as well. Lau has big time power. Um, Luke Rayleigh is, is a guy with some cheap cheap power. I like. I don't know if I get to the full stack just because of the pricing, uh, but I, I do kind of like the mini stack. Um, the Boston side of this game, dude, you could always take shots on like Devers. Um, it, Glass now is a great pitcher. Like he's not just like this random guy that like he is a great pitcher. Um. Yeah, I think this is a great spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I need to pick on Glasnow. Um, it is worth, like, Tampa Bay's bullpen actually been really bad this season, like one of the worst in baseball. Bottom three, I think, last time I looked. Spent a couple of days on that. Um, but I think Glasnow is getting 80 pitches here at least, which probably doesn't give me enough room to try to pick on it. But when Tampa start, like Tampa's been dealt with a ton of injuries in their their rotation. If if we get a bad starter in Tampa, it's going to be time to stack against them, which is not something that we've done very much over the last few years. But just noting the Tampa bullpen is attackable. Um, probably not going to do it today, though. Yeah, attackable right now for sure. This is a, a bullpen that was top five a month, a month and a half ago, and they're slipping like 15th, 16th right now um, in some ratings. So, All right, we got Toronto at New York facing... The Mets, eight and a half total in this game. Mets, a 134 favorite. Verlander against Bassett. Uh, any interest here in Chris Bassett going up against the Mets? A good pitcher. I like the price tag. It's the matchup for me. The Mets just do not strike out that much. It's a massive slate. I think we can be pretty picky. He's in play. If if you want to play him, I wouldn't talk you out of it. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's a bad play. I just feel like the upside is not quite going to be there. He's been a little bit inconsistent this season. He's seen the K rate come down a little bit. Um, he's he's at twenty point seven percent on the season. So against a Mets team that that makes a lot of contact, I'm probably out on Bassett. Even though the the price is intriguing, though. Chris Bassett, especially this year, is going to be a lineup play for me. If he gets a very right handed heavy lineup, you can play him. He just can't get lefties out. Um, at the end of the day, that's his biggest issue. Nemo, Lindor, McNeil, Beatty, Vogelbach. Five lefties at minimum, I think, here for the Mets today. I think that's enough for me to, like you said, kind of just be picky. Um, you look at his numbers. He's been he's been fantastic against righties. 211 Woba, 100 ISO, 22% Ks, 6.5% walks, 50% ground balls, hard soft contact ratio at 6%. Fantastic against righties. You look at lefties, 395 Woba, 300 ISO, under 20% Ks, walk rate over 10%, ton of fly balls. It's just, it's a it's a platoon thing for him. So I think if you get a very right-handed heavy lineup, you can play him. Uh, like the ballpark, I just think there's going to be five or six lefties at minimum here, and I think that's too many. I think you want like two or three lefties in a lineup for Bassett to really kind of 
uh, dominate them. And, and honestly, like, you look at it, his good starts this year is against teams that are pretty right-handed heavy. So uh, makes complete sense. Going to, to the other side, we got uh, Justin Verlander, 8,600 for a generational talent, uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball ever. Um, I'll say it. I don't care. Um, come <laughs> at me if you don't believe in it, but he is um, one of the best pitchers we've ever seen in the game. He's 8,600. His pitch count, it's it's up there, right? Like, he just struggled last time out. He, he had a terrible game in cores, to be expected. Um, his pitch pitch type is not good in cores, but his three starts before that, he threw at least 95 pitches in all three of those starts. Are we taking shots on Verlander at 8,600 here, going up against this tough um, Toronto team? I mean, you see, see that price and the name Verlander, and it feels like you should have tons of interest. Toronto's a good offense, and the the strikeouts for Verlander have just not shown up yet this season. Um, part of that is matchup based. Like you mentioned, he had one start in Coors. He had Cleveland before that, but even against like Detroit, he only had five strikeouts. He did have seven against Cincinnati, which was nice to see. Like this is a guy coming off major surgery. I I, I need to see the stuff play up a little bit more. Um, again, very similar to Bassett. I wouldn't try to talk you out of it. I think he's playable for sure at this price. I just I have reservations about the matchup and the lack of strikeouts. The lack of strikeouts are, is super concerning. This is a guy that has spent most of his career in the you know ninety five plus percentile in strikeouts and his spin rate on his fastball. So I was looking at it. Um, I love looking at this kind of stuff. It just his velocity is way down. His spin rate for his fastball, like two thousand fifteen to two thousand nineteen, this dude was ninety nine percentile fastball spin rate. This year, he's 84 percentile. His fastball velocity has gone from like top 75 to 85 percentile to down to like 63. Um, honestly, I'm just you just look at it and you're just he's struggling a little bit. Um, his fastball velocity where he lived in the 95s, he's living in like the low 94s, 90 high 93s, and that's huge. And like his off speed velocity is down one and a half miles an hour as well. So um his exit velocity is up because of that his barrel percentage is up because of that his swinging strike rate is down because of that so um overall i I just think that right now he's really tough to play unless he's in a good matchup and even in good matchups like you said cleveland he dominated that team that team's terrible right now that one of the worst lineups in baseball is the cleveland indians right now guardians um he pitched well against cincinnati that's not a good lineup he struggled against Detroit. That was his first start back of the season. We'll give him a break there. But I think you can play him in certain matchups. I don't think Toronto is one of those matchups. Low strikeout team, a team that puts the ball in play, a ton of power. This is the type of matchup that he probably struggles enough in that I don't want to pay 8600 for him. So respect the talent. Um, so when looking at a Toronto stack, it's kind of tough to be like, hey, I want to play – Vlad Bichette, Springer, and these guys um, really expensive in city field. So again, one of those scenarios where I feel like I think you nailed it, right? Just kind of can be picky on a big slate like that. Um, big slate. We got a lot of games over nine totals. Um, a lot of good pitching on this slate too, but there's some stacks we're going to like. I'm, I'm, I promise you. Yeah. Toronto's not, not it for me either. Uh, like you mentioned the ballpark downgrade, they're expensive. Um, I think you can, try to pick out a home run. Maybe Varsho might be my top option there. Um, hasn't been a great season for him, but his price at 3,900, I think is okay. Chapman at 4,700, but probably just 
one-offs looking for power. Like, I don't think Verlander gives up more than one. So if I'm trying to find that home run and I, like you said, I don't even think we need to do that on, on a massive slate. Mets bats. Um, I mean, the lefties are super interesting because you can play Alonzo against anybody, right? At the end of the day, um, his, his power is just incredible this season. So I think like if you wanted to take some shots on these lefties, like Batty, McNeil, Vogelbach, Nimmo, and just pair him with Alonzo. Like, I don't think anyone should talk you out of that. Um, you hate the ballpark, but again, another, like, I think mini stack, because like you want, you want Pete Alonzo at the top, but then you can kind of get cheap with like McNeil's under 4k batty is 3,200. So, um, if you're on a very heavy, like outfield stack, you could look to the Mets as like some of these infielders. Um, you could play McNeil at second base. I think, um, batty's at third Alonzo's at first Lindor's at shortstop. Like, um, you could really use the Mets as like an infield type stack if you have an outfield type stack that you really like. Yeah, I, I like the mini stack call. That's exactly where I would be at. I respect Bassett enough as a pitcher that I, I'm concerned about the upside, but I think you can find three guys to, to string together some fantasy points for sure. Um, the lefty, like those numbers you read off against lefties, a 300 ISO is a massive number. Um, 200 is bad. So once we're in the 300 range, um, he's definitely been getting smashed by lefties. Beatty at 3,200 is an outstanding call. Um, Nimmo doesn't have a ton of power, but he's going to lead off. He's got big bats behind him. Uh, he steals bases. So he scores fantasy points in multiple ways. He would be my second favorite behind or third favorite behind Alonzo and Beatty. Um, and I don't mind Francisco Alvarez, just a, a talented hitter who has catcher eligibility at 3,400. Um, he's, a, he's a righty, but just because of his price, I, I wouldn't mind. If you want to do something cheap and went Alonzo and then down to Alvarez and Beatty, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk you off of that. Seattle heading to Texas, eight and a half total in this game. Mariners, a 135 favorite. Castillo against Gray in this one. Um, again, Mariners, 135 favorite. Luis Castillo, 9,400. Texas, a great offense. Uh, they rank top five in a lot of statistics against right-handed pitching this season. Uh, they're third in WRC Plus at 113. Castillo is a great pitcher. He's coming off of two really strong back-to-back starts. Oakland and Pittsburgh, temper your expectations a little bit. Um, he did strike out nine last time he faced this team. What are we doing with Luis Castillo at 9,400 today? Yeah, he's in play for sure. Um, I mean, he's at this point one of the better pitchers in baseball. Um, Texas is is a really good offense, like you mentioned. Their their numbers are solid across the board. And Seager wasn't even there for, for a lot of the year also. So deep lineup, deeper than it was anyway with Seager in there. Um, I still think you can play Castillo. It's it's ownership dependent for me. If he's popular, I probably don't try to get over the field on him. Uh, but if he's low owned, this guy has as much upside as anybody. So I'd, I'd throw the match up uh, out a little bit. Um, I think the price tag is completely fine at 9,400. Um, he's got double digit strikeout upside, and that's what I'm looking for in tournaments. Yeah, great tournament play. Um, I mean, tough. Uh, John Gray on the other side of this game is another guy that. Like his strikeout stuff is there. Like it's back. Um, ah, man, it's tough because like this is the this is exactly the type of pitcher you like to target against Seattle. A high strikeout pitcher that has upside. What are we doing here with Mister John Gray? Uh, because honestly, Keith, I love the price tag um, in tournaments. Like if I'm looking at this matchup, like. It's hard not to be like, I'm excited about the price because I really am excited about the price. Um, 
talk me off of it um, <laughs> if, you, if you dare, because I like John Gray today. He's been incredible. His last four starts. Dude, his, slider, is... <laughs> his slider is generating so many whiffs right now. It's incredible. Yeah, but he's still John Gray. And he just, every once in a while, <laughs> he just decides to be bad for the next month. Um, I don't, like, I like what I'm seeing. I like the price tag. I like the matchup, like you mentioned. Um, Seattle's an above average offense, but they strike out a bunch. Um, so 7,600, I think there's plenty of upside at this price. I'm interested as well, but John Gray is never a guy that's fun to roster. Um, he's just been so inconsistent throughout his career. Just he's got a big arm. He should be should have had a better career than he has. Obviously, part of that was in in Coors Field, and we can't fault him for that. But even since he's come over to to Texas, he's had those inconsistencies where he's he's great for two starts, and then he's bad for two starts, and then he's great for a month, and then he's bad. <laughs> it, it's just so inconsistent. But I think this is the right matchup. And the price is right where where you can certainly take some shots today. Dude, Seattle has one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball against right handed pitching. Um, yeah. If you want to target some strikeouts here, like he just put up 30.8 against this team with eight strikeouts, seven really good innings, um, like less than a month ago. So beginning of May? Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time not having interest in John Gray in this spot because, again, like when I'm looking at pitchers to target against Seattle – it is high strikeout pitchers that can generate swinging strikes. And that's what John Gray does. So um, I have interest. I, I love the price. Um, he's another guy that I'll be looking at. Like if you're in the, if you're in the betting world, he's a guy that I'll be looking at like a strikeout prop. It comes in at like five and a half today. I'm going to jump on it. Yep. All right. Seattle bats. Uh, any interest here in Seattle going up against John Gray? I mean, I think you can you can try to find a home run against him. I would prefer lefties. Kelnick is the guy that jumps off the page. Forty seven hundred. Um, Cal Raleigh is certainly fine. You can play Julio in any matchup, but he's the most expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm stacking against Gray, but I certainly don't mind mind power hitters. Yeah, I mean, his home run numbers are really um, non platoon. Like, I think he's allowed five to lefties and three to righties this year. So, I would just target power. Like, I don't think I'm stacking Seattle. I'm, I'm just targeting power. Kalenic, um, Julio Rodriguez, like you mentioned, probably my two favorites. If you want to charge, like, take a shot on a, a guy like France. I never hate taking a shot on him. Um, very underrated hitter. Texas, Castillo is a great pitcher. Texas is a good lineup. Um, another team that I don't think I would stack today. I, I do respect it, but not something I think I'm going to do. Yep, I'm out, I'm out on Texas as well. Gosh, it stinks because I love playing Texas. All right, Colorado at Kansas City. This game has a nine total. The Royals are a 120 favorites. We got um, our friend Chase Anderson pitching today, going up against Jordan Lyles. Are you playing Chase Anderson today? <laughs> I have to look up his ERA because it's just comical. Um, Every time. what this guy is doing, like the smoke and mirrors that this guy, 131 ERA, his, <laughs> his XFIP is 511. His Sierra is 524. Like this one, whatever ERA is not lasting. Somebody is eventually going to beat this guy up. No chance I'm playing Chase Anderson. No chance. Um, I like the Royals a lot today. Yep. Jordan Lyles on the other side, Colorado has been terrible, but Jordan Lyles is terrible. Um, I, I'm not playing Jordan Lyles today. Nor am I. Let's talk bats. I, this is one of my favorite games to target bats-wise. Um, you know, looking at this game, 
don't love the ballpark, but love the matchups. So looking at Colorado here first, one of my favorite hitters on the entire slate today is Ryan McMahon. Uh, 4,600, fantastic matchup against Lyles. This is a guy that has been hitting the ball really well here over the last few weeks. Uh, so like him a lot. He's sitting at a 250 ISO. I like Blackman. Um, I talked about Nolan Jones on the podcast yesterday. Really like this spot for him. He coming. He's another two-hit game. Um, he's just hitting the ball well ever since he's gotten called up here. So um, he's 2,900. You can play him at first base or outfield. I wish they would hit him higher up in the lineup. Like, get Castro out of here. Get Moustakas out of here. Let your young guys get up in the top of Like, hit fifth or sixth here. He's hitting the ball. So, uh, like Jones, like McMahon, I'll kind of mix and match after that. Um, Blackman always in play. Moustakas for some power. Um, I think this is a team you can fully fully stack today um, because I, the matchup's too it, – it's just too good not to have interest in a full stack here. Like, not only is Lyles bad, Kansas City's the third worst bullpen in baseball. Um, great spot today for the Colorado bats. It is a fantastic spot. I just, I wish they were a little bit, I wish they had a little more talent in their lineup. <laughs> um, obviously Crone and Chris Bryant on the, the IL is like, they're probably their two best hitters. Um, I love the McMahon call. I'm with you on Blackman as well. He's, he's been pretty solid here recently. Um, love the, the Nolan Jones call also. Um, it's definitely a full stack. Jordan Lyles is bad. Um, We've known that for a couple of years now. He's always had a home run problem, uh, but now he's just just hard contact all over the place. The Kansas City bullpen behind him, really bad as well. Um, I'm I'm on board with full stacking Colorado, who might be a bottom five offense at this point, especially without two, their two big righties in there. Yeah, I mean, Grichik throughout his career has always kind of been reverse splits, so this is a spot where you kind of have interest in him. I know he only has one home run on the season. Uh, that's what Jordan Lyles does the best for us here is – yeah, he's not afraid to get up. Yeah, so going honestly to the other side of this game too, Kansas City. I think this is a great spot. Chase Anderson, like you mentioned, you you nailed it right. This guy is not going to continue to pitch this one. Like his advanced numbers are just absolutely terrible. Um, love the the Royals here, and honestly, like uh, Sean Sean Walters in chat just absolutely nailed it right. Game stack in Colorado, Kansas City. Welcome to MLB 2023. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think this is one of my favorite game stacks on the slate. And it's so weird, but honestly, it's two of the worst bullpens in baseball. So you like that because you got arms that are going to come in. You have stolen base upside. You have some cheap bats on both sides. Um, I mean, I have a hard time not having some interest here in Kansas City. Yep, yeah, I'm completely w- with you on that one. And they're really cheap outside of Bobby Witt and Sal Perez. Uh, Vinny P is 3,600. Melendez is 3,300. Prado is 3K. Oliver is 2,900. Like just really, really cheap here. Um, it, it's pretty easy to start it with Witt and Perez and then fill it out with your three next favorites. I think Pascantino is certainly in that mix. Um, Prado's been sneaky good here recently. Like they're just they're too cheap. Their matchup is as good as you can ask for. Like I said, Chase Anderson is not going to continue to be to have this type of success. Uh, Kansas City definitely one of the top stacks on the board. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. 
Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code RotoGrinders for 50% off two or more pairs of Polaroid sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Cleveland at Minnesota. This is one of the few games that we have potential weather concerns. We'll have to see what our um, good old friend Kevin Roth has to say for this one. So we'll see. Um, we got Seville. Savili, Savili. I can always, I always mess Savali. I always mess up his name. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he's from Philadelphia. It's just like a Philadelphia name. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Bailey over eight and a half total. Bailey over is a one or Minnesota is a one forty four uh, favorite here. Savali coming off of the IL um, oblique injury. Um, someone that's dealing with an oblique injury right now, I can imagine pitching with an oblique injury. Um, I played some disc golf today, and like, I was going to say, like it's got that had to be disc golf yeah, related. I was going to, I was probably going to die. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts here on Savili? Uh, no thanks. Savali. Um, he, yeah, he he did get up to I think it was eighty eight pitches in his rehab start, so he is fully stretched out. It's, it, Okay, so I will preface it. Minnesota, like half their lineup left the game early. Um, Buxton left, Correa left, and Kepler, I believe, left. So Minnesota could be running out a really awful lineup here. I still don't I, – I struggle with Savali's lack of strikeouts, and I don't think he has quite the upside. If he was a little cheaper, maybe I would consider it if he got a really watered-down lineup here. Um, but he's, at, I know it's only been two stars, but 16% on the season. He wasn't much better than that, that last year. Um, and it, it was four, four and two thirds inning, 88 pitches in his, in his rehab start. So you're probably getting 90 pitches here, but there's just not enough strikeout upside for, to pay off 8k for me on a, on a massive slate. Yeah. Um, man, oh man, it, it's tough, right? Uh, to, because I, like you mentioned, I mean, it's, I highly doubt Correa plays. He might even go on the IL. Um, yeah, that, he re-aggravated that, an injury that he missed time with already. Right. So, I mean, that would be really interesting. Um, Buxton got hit in the ribs. Yep. Um, and then Kepler was a migraine. So, who knows um, when it comes to – migraines suck. They are the worst thing, and they don't always go away in you know a day. So, we'll see. I'm with you, though. I don't think I play him regardless. I will say – that like if you're taking Buxton and Correa and Kepler out of this lineup, it's a really, <laughs> it's really watered down lineup. Um, but it's still not a terrible lineup. A lot of strikeouts, but I mean, you still have to face like Polanco. Uh, Lewis has been hitting the ball really decently. Gallo is up there. Um, Karloff has some power. There's a ton of strikeouts in this lineup, but he's not a huge strikeout guy. Like that's the problem. If he was a strikeout guy that maybe struggled with like command or something, heck yeah, taking shots. Not taking shots on um, him here. 
Bailey Ober on the other side of this game. Again, I, I'm going to keep saying this. This is one of the worst offenses in baseball. This team is atrociously bad. They have no power whatsoever. Even Jose Ramirez's power is very limited this season. They have the lowest WRC plus in baseball against right-handed pitching. They've hit 23 home runs against right-handed pitching this season. That is bad. Um, I, you could talk me into Bailey over today. Uh, this is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I, I don't know if you want to pay this price for him on this slate. I think that you're playing him because you think he's going to be pretty low owned uh, because like glass now is cheaper than him. We talked about John Gray, who's cheaper than him. Uh, Flaherty against Pittsburgh. I think like I talked about, I think he'll have some ownership today. So I just think overall, like you're playing him to be different. Um, and I, I completely get it if the weather is going to be okay. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I definitely agree he's going to be low on the three cheap guys you just mentioned. And then he's sandwiched right between Bassett and Verlander, who have much more name recognition than Bailey Ober. Um, the matchup against Cleveland is is very good for him to have run prevention success. They still don't strike out a ton, just a high contact lineup. Um, so I'm worried about upside. He's not a huge strikeout guy anyway, um, and the leash is a little concerning. Um, they have let him go at times this year. He's he's had a couple games over 95, even one up to 102 pitches. Um, if I know I'm getting 95-plus pitches out of him, I think he can give you six clean innings and six strikeouts or something like that. Is it enough on this slate? I mean, you definitely need guys like, like Glasnow and John Gray to fail, um, but he's probably going to be sub-5%, I would think. So don't hate it in large field tournaments. Yeah. Um I, gosh, they're so bad. <laughs> His big and like the another thing to note too is um Naylor did not play Thursday. He's dealing with like a wrist injury right now. So like if you take him out of the lineup too, like <laughs> they're so bad. Oh man. All right, Cleveland Bats. I got nothing. You can play Jose Ramirez. I'm not playing him at 5,400. Um, the dude has six home runs on the season. If he hits a home run once or twice a, a week, I'm going to still come out way ahead. Um, he's just too expensive for me. Yeah, I mean, Ober's a good enough pitcher. Um, like he's slightly overpriced, I would say, just for the because there isn't much strikeout upside against this Cleveland team. But I, he's good enough where I'm. I'm not trying to pick on him. Um, Definitely not a full stack. I don't even think I, I try to mini stack it. And there's no there's no power hitters to try to find one offs for. So um, Naylor might be the only guy outside of Ramirez. Ramirez is is priced up. If Naylor's out of the lineup, I have zero interest. Um, I will say that Gabriel Arias has been showing a little bit of pop, but he's still not great. Um, so you want to guess how many times um, Jose Ramirez has scored over twenty points this year? Um, I'll go three twice. Ha ha. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Minnesota. I mean, dude, I, I just, I can't get behind. Uh, we might really get a lot of cheap bats here, which might pique the interest of like a one-off or two. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested. I, I'm not a fan of Savali. I just, I hate like Cleveland has a bunch of these guys. The, Zach Plesak and Paul uh, Cal Quantrill, like like all of those guys are in the same mold. They're just good control guys. They keep the ball on the ground and they generate soft contact, but they can't strike anybody out. I always try to pick on those guys and it 
generally doesn't work out, but Minnesota is so cheap here. And if Buxton and Correa are out of the lineup, they're even cheaper. I think I'm going to have a full full Minnesota stack in at least one of I, I generally generally run like 20, 30 lineups. I will have at least one full Minnesota stack. Um, Royce Lewis at 3,100 is just way too cheap for how talented he is. Kirilov at 3,300. If Kepler's in there, he's better than a $3,500 hitter. Gallo's underpriced at 4K. I really like the price on this Minnesota team. Um, you can you can pay up for a couple 9K, 10K pitchers uh, and full five-man Minnesota, and I'm, I'm going to do that on the slate. All right, we got Detroit at Chicago, White Sox, no total in this game. Um, Clevenger is expected to be the starter. He hasn't been activated from the IO yet. That's why we don't have a, a line for this one yet. Uh, Reese Olsen pitching for Detroit today. We'll start with Olsen. Uh, any interest here in Reese Olsen? 5,700. Um, uh, MLB debut, right? I think this yes. is his, his yes. first start. Um, yeah, he didn't pitch last year. He was he's, he pretty much was double A all last year. Um, he's thrown 47 innings in triple A this year. 13.5% swinging strikes, 27% Ks. Uh, ground ball guy. Prospect-wise, not a huge prospect, but a very above-average changeup. Yeah, it's it, a lot of junk he throws up there. Mediocre fastball, good good changeup, and one of his breaking balls was okay, I think. But, um, yeah, not a huge prospect, like you said. I'm not scared of of the White Sox necessarily. I just don't know that, that we need it. I think you try to get to the 7K range, to the John Grays and John, uh, Jack Flaherty's that just have so much more upside. Um, not that he couldn't come out here and strike out a bunch of White Sox. Just it's a 13 game slate. It's his MLB debut. I'm not sure. I need to see what he looks like first. See if this, this stuff translates. Certainly, a, a 27% K rate in AAA is, is nothing to sneeze at. He might be a, an above average strikeout pitcher. Um, but I probably probably sit a, sit out um, Olson on this one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the price is really intriguing because there are there are plenty of strikeouts in this White Sox lineup. Um it's kind of an ownership thing. If he's going to be like 3 to 5%, if I'm playing like a 20 entry max or even 150 lineups here, I might double the field on him because I mean he's going to open up anything you want bats wise. Any SP1 that you want, strictly a DraftKings or Yahoo play where you're playing yes, two pitchers. Um but honestly like Looking at his advanced stats and stuff from AAA and AA, the dude generates a lot of swinging misses. And when you have a guy that's making his major league debut that just throws a bunch of junk, you never know. Um, you know, that's not you don't have a ton of tape. You have tape, don't get me wrong. You have you have tape on like double A and triple A games, but you know, seeing him at a major league level, like he might really kind of benefit from his major league debut um and and honestly his first few games here before like we get more tape on his um you know arm angles and stuff like that but i think at 5700 if you want to play him as an sp2 and take some tournament shots just because of the strikeout upside um i'm not going to talk you off of it chicago white Sox have been on paper they're they're fantastic talent wise they're 27th in WRC plus. They have an 82 WRC plus against right-handed pitching this year. Uh, Clevenger coming off of the IL. Um, I was looking and seeing. I couldn't find if he made a rehab start. I don't nope. think he did. He did um, not. Simulated game is what I was is what I read on him. So I would assume Clevenger goes 
80 pitches here, but I mean, he was yeah. pretty stretched out. Um, it was a wrist injury. Who knows? I wouldn't be shocked here if he does throw 90 plus pitches. He's 6,600. He's going up against Detroit. Any interest in Clevenger here? I mean, I think a lot of pitchers are playable at 6,600 against Detroit. Um, they have been a little better this season than they were last year when we picked on them all season long. There's just, there's not enough upside in Clevenger for me. Um, 19% K rate. He's walked too many guys. He's over 10% with the walks. I think I'd rather take shots on Reese Olsen on the other side for, for a little bit cheaper. Um, the White Sox are just about as bad as Detroit is, um, are at this point. So I'm, I'm probably out on Clevenger coming off the IL. It, probably not, a, like you said, it's going to be 80, 90 pitches at the absolute most, um, which, which caps his upside a little bit too. I... If we get a pitch count over 90, like announced, he's playable at 6,600. It's Detroit. They're one of the worst teams in baseball against right-handed pitching. These are two of the worst right-handed te- like teams facing right-handed pitchers in baseball. So um, we talked about it Wednesday. Riley Green going to the IL takes out one of their best bats in this lineup. Like, <laughs> again, we have a lot of pitching options on this slate. You can be very picky, but it's also like you're going to get a guy three to 5% owned that can put up 30 and no one's playing him. And I mean, that's all you need to win a slate if your bats do their thing. So um, I think he's playable. I have no interest in bats in this game overall. I'm not I just, I, I'm not playing bats in this game. Uh, both of these teams are terrible. The pricing on the White Sox is very, very intriguing. If you wanted to use them as like a cheap, stack i'm not going to talk you off of it i just don't have interest in bats in this game yeah i mean i think i it's mini stack both sides for me but a cheap three man um i certainly don't mind how who are just... you stacking from detroit <laughs> i would love to hear your mini stack from detroit um shoot it because i'm listening I, i'm so intrigued now <laughs> it's not pretty i mean you're you're gonna it's names like uh mckinstry's been okay Badu is super cheap. McKinnistry gets you like two two singles. Um, I'm, I'm joking. He's had a couple good games here recently. He's a good hitter. Yeah, I mean, if if he was still 3K or or less than that, then I would have even more interest. He's he's the first target, um, but he's not super cheap like some of the rest of these guys. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not not exciting names. It's Badu, Maton are probably the two I would I would pair with McKinstry. Um, but I don't love it. Kind of the same thing on the White Sox side. Um, Eloy Jimenez is cheap, but you can play Benintendi. He's hitting in the two hole again. Somebody like Gavin Sheets has power for cheap, but yeah, I, I don't love it. It's it's strictly salary saving mini stacks. I'm gonna tell you one thing right now. Um, if you are playing the White Sox, do not sleep. Do not sleep on Vaughn, Berger, and uh, Sheets. Those would be my three. Like, if I'm mini stacking White Sox, give me those three guys. Don't give me the high-valued, big-name guys. Give me the three guys that continue to produce. Um, The White Sox would be the worst team in baseball this year if it wasn't for these three guys. Um, Jake Berger has 11 home runs and 25 RBIs. He's having a great season. We saw him do this last year, and then he got hurt and just never kind of started hitting again after the injury. I really want to see him play a full year because I, he's very talented and very underrated. Yep. Love it. I can get behind a White Sox mini stat. You you lost me at Detroit mini stat, though. <laughs> All 
I'm out. Um, I turned my headphones off. All right. <laughs> Angels and Astros facing off here. Seven and a half total. This is a fantastic game. We have Otani against Valdez. The Astros are a 130 favorite today. Otani's 10-7. We know the games that he's capable of pitching. Do we have interest in Otani here at 10-7? I have interest in Otani every time he takes the mound. Um, yep. The matchup is is not ideal. Don't care. He's had a, actually a ton of success against Houston in his career. Um, biggest strikeout rate on the slate. He's up around 35%. Walks have been a bit of an issue this season, more so than in the, in the past couple. Um, but he he still has as high of a ceiling as, as anybody in baseball. So don't care about matchup. I'll definitely have some Otani. Every time. You, you couldn't have been more right. Anytime he takes the hill, you have interest in him. He has 90 strikeouts on the year. He's just he's phenomenal. Uh, Valdez on the other side of this game, 10-1. Um, he's capable of big games too, man. This guy put up 40-plus fantasy points the last time he faced the Angels. He's capable of big games. <sighs> he's like one of my least favorite pitchers to play. I always play him because he's so talented. Um, he's, he's, he's really good. He's really good. Like We just have to accept the fact that Framber Valdez is really good. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. Um like generating ground balls is absolutely a skills, a skill, and there's nobody on the planet better at generating ground balls than Framber Valdez. The strike up strikeouts have tip, ticked up a little bit, which makes him more playable. He's still 10-1 and barely above a league average strikeout pitcher. Um, 26.9% on the ceiling on the season. So, like I said, they have ticked up a little bit. That's that's pretty significantly above average, but he's still not an elite guy like an Otani or a Glasnow. Um the Angels also match up really well against lefties, but he's just a really good pitcher. I think I sprinkle him in. Um, I definitely prefer Otani. I prefer um, Wheeler as well. But Framber's in the mix for me. He's just he's such a talented pitcher. You have to have some exposure, I think. The biggest thing for him this year is he was an 8% walk guy last year. He's sitting at 5.2% with a, almost a 27% K rate. Yep. Like a three percent decrease in walks and a three and a half percent increase in strikeouts. Um, That's big time improvement. Big time. It's yeah. huge. It takes you from being like an above average great pitcher to an elite pitcher. Uh, it really does. So, um, you look at some of his advanced stats, and he's just he's pitching. He's pitching so good. I mean, yeah. Play the pitchers in this game. I don't have any interest in the bats. You can sell me on a one-off or two, but I mean, you can play Mike Trout against anybody, but um, I'm not playing bats in this game. I'm not either. Um, like Valdez just doesn't let people hit fly balls, so he doesn't give up home runs. Uh, Otani's strikeout stuff is ridiculous. I'm definitely not play- paying premium prices for Astros. I'm out on on both sides. Yeah, this is not a game you want bats. <laughs> nope. This is a game that I'd take the under seven and a half. Um, I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. All right. We got Cubbies and Padres. Your Cubs are out on the West Coast here. You'll get to watch some Cubs games um, this week, <laughs> weekend. We got an eight and a half total. Uh, the Padres are 154 favorite. Tyon against Waka. Uh, any interest here in Jamison Tyon at 5,400? Man, what a price. Another guy that they're, they're tempting us to play. They the Cubs just have not let this guy pitch this year. Um, he did get up to 80 pitches. That's his season high in his last start. No, he was at 85 in one of his other starts, but he's been in like the high 60s, low 70s almost all year long. 80 pitches. 
I don't think he gets over 85 in this one. It's a tough matchup against San Diego. He's he has not been right all season long. So despite like he's probably a seventy five hundred dollar pitcher when he's right in this matchup, but he hasn't been right all season. I don't think it's a slate. I try to uh, see if he can come out of it. Not against San Diego. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, too talented, too talented of a lineup. I will say one thing. I will say about the Padres here is they're on that like weird like thursday morning afternoon game in miami flying all the way back to san diego um kind of game but I, i'm not playing tie on today michael waka 7400 against the cubs i think there's just too many other options today michael waka is pitching solid this year um i just there's better options for me uh, i just like you said earlier we could be picky he has a 5x FIP on the season. There's a lot of regression numbers in his advanced stats. I'm going to I'm gonna pass on Michael Walker today. I am too. Um, like you said, he's very much in play. Like, I don't hate the price. It's a very good matchup against a Cubs team that's going to strike out. Um, just Walker doesn't have that elite strikeout ability where he can go out and strike out 10, I don't think. I mean, he's done it before, but like he probably gets wisdom and, and morale in the lineup. There's a ton of strikeouts in this Cubs lineup, but when I can play um, Flaherty and gray in that same, same range, like probably just go to those guys first. All right, bats. Um, any interest in the, the Cubbies here? Walk has been pretty good this year. I don't, I don't have any interest in a stack. Um, pretty good pitchers park. Cubs are expensive too, and and Walk has been decent, so I don't don't really have much interest. I mean, Morel just keeps <laughs> keeps hitting. Um, we're waiting. I mean, he slowed down here recently, right? He struggled a little bit here yeah. recently. Um, facing a little bit better pitching here recently, he struggled a little bit. So he, I think his price is just to the point where it's tough to play him. I think if I'm playing anybody from the Cubs today, it'd probably be Ian Happ. Um, he's just yeah. He's cheap at 4K, so I don't. I mind. like the half call. Suzuki's for what it's worth has been absolutely on fire too. Um, the, the, yeah, happened Suzuki. If I was looking for for a couple of plays in this game on this side, that that would be the the two. All right, um, Padres bats. I don't mind a Padres sack today. You know, with Machado being out right now, they did say like he's getting close, but. I don't know if he'll be back for the series or not, but I mean, Tatis, Soto, Xander Bogarts, because it's a righty and not a lefty, <laughs> just <laughs> been so bad against lefties. And then you get some cheap bats here, Cronenworth, Kim. Um, we're going to find some other cheap bats depending on who's in the lineup and who's not. Uh, Gary Sanchez has been playing here at 3,300, gives you a, a catcher option. Um, he's just trying to make it, right? Yeah, he's he's got a couple home runs since coming over to San Diego, I think, so. Um, good for him. I, I actually, I do like the San Diego stack. Um, Cronenworth, I think is a great price at 4,300 depends on where Kim hits in the lineup. I certainly like him if he's up in the order at 3,700, um, Rugnet Odor, as weird as it is to say, or Carpenter, like you said, whoever, whoever these cheap lefty bats are, Tyon has really struggled with lefties this season. Um, so like if Carpenter or Odor and Grisham even are in there, like those cheap lefties, you pair those with your Tatis and Soto, um, and it's a pretty solid stack. So I, I'm definitely interested in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, overall, Odor, Carpenter, Gresham, 
two, one, two, three of these guys are probably going to crack the lineup today. Um, yep. And uh, they they option Sullivan, so I mean, I really think they're behind letting Gary Sanchez play here a little bit. So, yeah. All right, Atlanta at Arizona. I'm excited for this series. I think this is going to be a good series. Nine total in this game. Uh, Morton against Kelly. One thirty total here for Atlanta. Any interest in Charlie Morton going up against Arizona? Um, you said Arizona's been pretty solid. Um, Morton is like the strikeouts have fallen off. We are getting a discount here. 7,800 is a pretty nice price. Um, again, in play, I think that I prefer John Gray because of his matchup. Um, between Morton and Flaherty, it's a, it's kind of a toss-up to me. You definitely need um, some strikeout luck here with, with Morton against a pretty solid Arizona offense. But at this price, 7,800, he's in play for sure. I don't think he is a guy that I want to play. I mean, I think we can, you know, continue on this theme of like saying that we can be picky today. And I think that we have a lot of great options that have better matchups. Arizona is six in WRC plus. They have one of the highest ISOs in baseball against right-handed pitching. They're striking out at a 19% rate, which is the lowest strikeout rate in baseball right now against right-handed pitching. They have a high hard hit rate. This game's in Arizona. Um, we'll see if the roof is open or not. The information's not up yet because it is the first game of the series. Like they've been opening the roof recently, like yesterday, they opened the roof. So um I think Morton's a guy I'm gonna pass on today. I respect the talent, but I also like realize like Arizona is a good team. They're a yeah. sneaky good team that I don't think anybody kind of pegged to be this good at the beginning of the year. Um Merrill Kelly side of this game. I mean, I like strikeout pitchers against Atlanta. It's a really sneaky, you know, strikeout spot. They're a very good offense. Um, Merrill Kelly is decent, man. What are your thoughts here on Kelly at 8,700? Yeah. I mean, on a different slate, I would be very interested. Um, yeah. Like it's a dangerous spot because it's the Braves and they have a ton of power. One of the best offenses in baseball but they've had that strikeout problem. Merrill Kelly has, has taken a step forward with his strikeouts this year. Um, he is up at 27.4%. Like that's a legitimate strikeout pitcher against an offense that strikes out a ton. So a ton of risk. I wish he was a little cheaper, uh, but I, I think there's some upside here. I just, I don't know that I get to him because of how big the slate is. Um, I, I'm just another guy. He's in play. If you want to play him, go for it. But I don't know that I get there today. I think he's one of the best large field tournament plays on the slate. If you're playing a tournament that is very top-heavy payout-wise, you know, we, we see these big tournaments now on FanDuel and DraftKings nowadays where, um, like, almost 33% of the, the payout goes to first place. So if you're playing one of these, like, really large field tournaments that just – what, the $15 on DraftKings, right? 50K to yep. first place um, out of 250K, you're playing up against almost 20,000 people. This is the type of matchup that you play Kelly in. Um or contest you play Kelly in. So yep. Kelly's sitting at a 24 or 27.4% strikeout rate on the season, 12% swinging strikes. There's plenty of strikeouts in the Braves lineup. Um, I, I mean, this is a guy that can put up 30 plus in any start. He's done it against Boston recently. He did it against Washington recently. Um, he's pitching fantastic right now. And there's sneaky strikeout matchup. Could he get blown up and give up seven? Yeah. I mean, but you're trying to win a tournament where you're facing 20 other thousand lineups. Um, so I think this is that's the type of contest you're playing, Kelly. I know FanDuel 
they do big contests. I think it's like a four dollar like squeeze or whatever it's called nowadays. Um, yep. The name changes on these contests so much that it's hard to keep up. But like that one, right? That one's one hundred twenty five k, twenty five k to first. You're playing up against twenty six thousand people. Five dollar and fifty five cent entry. Like that's the type of contest where Merrill Kelly is going to be five percent owned. And if you if he if he just goes out and he has that game, you're just so far ahead of the field uh, because he's not the same price as Valdez at 11-2 on Fanduel. Wheeler's 10-9, Otani's 10-7 or 10-8. Um, uh, just again, I, I think like Kelly is just a really interesting tournament play that I don't think a lot of people are going to play today. With that said, Atlanta always a stack you can look at against anybody. Um, especially on a slate where we're, I, I, I say we're somewhat struggling for bats, you know, um, there's a lot of good pitching on the slate. I think Atlanta is always stackable. Just got to respect how good Merrill Kelly has been this year. Arizona bullpen, middle of the road bullpen, just like Atlanta. Um, I probably don't get there, but I wouldn't sit here and try to talk you off of an Atlanta stack really against anybody. Yeah. I mean, you're just playing it for the upside because they have so much power. They can hit a couple of home runs off of Kelly, get into the bullpen early. Um, it, it'd be like a one out of 20 max for me. Um, but th- I think they should always be in your pool just because of, of how talented they are. So don't love the matchup. I think Kelly's is the preferred side of this if I was picking a side. Um, but I usually do have at least one Atlanta stack elite offense. I think Arizona's in play. Um, I mean, we're getting Pavin Smith continues to hit leadoff, uh, assuming that keeps happening. Um, outfield only now, which is fine with me because I hardly ever played him at first base anyway. But, I mean, still cheap. 3300 on DraftKings. Carroll has shown plenty of upside. Um, leading candidate for rookie of the year. He's just been fantastic. Marte has upside. Gary L is better against right-handed pitching. I think that if you want to stack Arizona here, go for it. Um, this offense has been great. There's a ton of upside in this lineup. McCarthy gives you like stolen base upside. So a lot of ways to approach an Arizona stack. You always worry about pinch hit risk, but um, Jake McCarthy at 3,100, he's been hitting, he's been running. He gets on base. He steals bases, man. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I like this Arizona team a lot. Similar to Atlanta for me. um, I prefer the, the, the pitcher. I prefer Morton if I'm picking a side on this, but Arizona definitely in play. I do like the pricing on, on them. Smith and McCarthy, both too cheap. Uh, Perdomo has hit really well this season at 3,700. Uh, Corbin Carroll is is becoming one of the better hitters in, in baseball. Um, dude's just got an awesome power and speed combination. Um, Gurriel has been incredible this season against righties. Um, yeah, I, I like Arizona. Another sprinkle for me. Um, tough matchup for him, but talented enough offense, I'll, I'll stack him. Yankees and Dodgers. Yeah. Yankees and Dodgers. What a no- we have some good baseball this weekend. Yeah, Eight we and a half total in this game. Dodgers a 146 favorite. Kershaw Severino facing against each other, facing off against each other. Severino, two starts so far this season, 75 and 82 pitches. Definitely concerned a little bit about pitch count. Um any interest in Severino going up against the Dodgers? I mean, another guy they're tempting us with the price. Um not fully stretched out like you mentioned, but when he is stretched out, he's a 9K pitcher. Um, strikeouts have have just been around league average, 23%. But just because of the price, I think you can still take some shots here. I, the Dodgers are, are awesome, but Luis Severino, when he's right, is is really good as well. Um, 
I think he's coming in low owned. I think he's he's too cheap for his talent level. It's not going to be. He's probably going to be a guy I have in ten percent of my lineups or something like that, just because of the matchup. Um, but the price does intrigue me. Yeah, I, I think I passed today more of just because of the matchup and some of the pitchers in this range. But how do you not like a guy that has a ton of upside here? Um, so. Clayton Kershaw on the other side of this game, we know the games that he's capable of. He's been struggling a little bit more here recently. Um, I don't even know if we call the Yankees what we call them anymore. They're, I guess they're still technically a tough offense, but they're very middle of the road because of some injuries right now. Um, are we playing Kershaw at 9K, or is his recent performance enough to stay away from him here against the Yankees? So I was look. I Stanton is back now. Um... Yeah, expect. Yeah, Rizzo's still banged up. Bader's banged up. I think Bader's still on the IL. Um, they did say Rizzo could potentially return to the lineup. I don't know if that's good or yeah. bad because it is lefty lefty and Kershaw is elite against lefty. Uh, but I read something else that Donaldson's close. I don't know if he's coming back this game too. So, um, he did. He got activated Thursday. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's even more reason probably not to play Kershaw here today. Yeah, I mean, it's like this Yankees lineup is, is getting healthier. Um, I would never try to talk anybody out of playing Kershaw. He's he's amazing. I just there's so many options on this slate. I'm not sure that I that I get there today, which is is crazy to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't don't have much else to say. Like, if it were still a really watered down Yankees lineup, I would have more interest. But getting a little bit healthier, I think I'm off Kershaw. I think I am too. I'm not stacking against him. Um, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> that's not something I want to do. Um, I mean, overall, I don't love bats in this game. If I was going to play bats in this game, probably the Dodgers side more than it'd be the Yankees side. You could play the Dodgers or Yankees on any slate. I just, I don't think I'm going to do it today. Um, I don't mind the Dodgers against Severino if he's struggling, but that's really it for me. Yeah, I mean, another expensive elite team that I don't love their matchup, but I probably have one or two of them just because they have upside to absolutely win a slate. So you take a sprinkle and, and move on, but yeah, it, it's not anything I love. Severino's a very talented pitcher. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right. We've gotten there. It's 13 games. We got to the last one. Um, we got Baltimore at San Francisco, eight total. Webb against Kramer, fifth, 152 favorite here for the Giants. Uh, let's talk about Dean Kramer. Any interest here at 6,700 going up against San Francisco? I don't think we need to do it on this slate. Um, some Plenty of strikeouts in the San Francisco lineup, but Kramer just not, not quite enough upside for me. Yeah, I think the Giants overall is still a pretty solid team. Uh, they do strike out, but they're going to get hits. They're going to put the ball in play. You worry the lineup is a little banged up right now, which you're a little, I mean, kind of pumped for if you're facing this team. Estrada on the IL, Jock on the IL, uh, Conforto dealing with like a bruised heel. Um, who knows if he's going to be back or not. But I think there's still enough talent in this lineup for me not to want to play Kramer. Webb, Logan Webb going up against Baltimore. We know he's talented. He's going to be low-owned because of the price on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Any interest in Webb here today? Yeah, I, I do. Um, ballpark downgrade for, for Baltimore going out to San Francisco. And Webb is, is it, just though? 
I, I think it is. Baltimore, Baltimore definitely moved their fences back, and it's not as hitter-friendly as it once was, but I th- I think San Francisco is still a better pitcher's park. What? Like, okay, uh, I'm not going to rant. Uh, keep going. <laughs> I, I was going to – my my quick rant is you're in 2022 they did it. In 2022, when you're trying to sell tickets, you're moving the fences back? What are you doing? Yeah, that, that wasn't very smart. Um, Logan Webb. Dude's becoming a, a great pitcher, not not just a good pitcher, a great pitcher. Um, strikeouts have come up this year. He's almost twenty seven percent. Walks are elite at five percent, a little under. Um, Baltimore's a good offense, but Logan Webb is really good too. Uh, I'm I'm interested here. I think he, that he can win any matchup basically at this point. Um, just I I really like guys that can miss bats and and control the strike zone are exactly the type of pitchers that I like to target. Logan Webb is certainly that guy. This is a great spot for him. I'm with you. Um, I think he's a great tournament play today. My only concern with Logan Webb is does he have the same type of ceiling as the guys right above him? Um, Because it's not going to be hard to get in Otani and Valdez today if you're trying to get in Webb too. Does he have the same type of ceiling? I think is the biggest question. Does he have the same type of ceiling as like Castillo and Wheeler? Uh, Kelly even for that matter. It's more of just like is this just not the right slate for Webb for me? Does does he like make my three entry builds? I don't know right now. It's way too early to tell, but he's definitely like a guy that I'm not like Xing off right here um, on the night before first look. Um, Baltimore bats with Mullins out. Um, I just it's so hard to stack Baltimore in general right now because they're just. Like Rutschman is fifty one hundred. He's he's probably the best hitter on this team right now, um, and it's so hard to pay fifty one hundred for a catcher for me. It's hard to click that button. Um, if you want to do like a, a secondary like mini stack here, you could build around like the speed of like Mateo and the upside of like Mountcastle and Santander. I guess um, they're not overly expensive, but I'm not stacking against Logan Webb, especially in this ballpark. Yeah, I'm not stacking against him either. Good ground balls, elite control. Um... Rutschman for a home run and he doesn't give up many home runs either. So almost no interest in Baltimore. All right. Um, San Francisco bats. They're a stack that I don't hate today. Um, not a stack. That I'm going to go out of my way to like play a ton of, but a stack that I think is okay. The downside to the San Francisco stack is Baltimore is one of the top three bullpens in baseball this year. They're a tough team to stack against because they can go to that bullpen in the fifth or sixth, and like you might not get another like home run or run scored um, because the bullpen's so good. So probably one of the reasons that I don't love stacking against them. They do pinch hit a lot, but I mean, if we look at the pricing, the pricing is yeah. the enticing part. Yeah, they, they're really cheap. It's just they're a frustrating team to stack because um, they pinch hit so much um, with that Baltimore bullpen. Like Kramer, I'm not afraid of Kramer. The Baltimore bullpen does scare me a little bit, and the the pinch hit risk scares me a little bit. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Um, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. This is not hard today. Who do you got? Yeah, there's plenty of options. Um, I will – I'm going to go Tyler Glass now. He's just – he's too good. He's a much better pitcher than 7,900. It's not the best strikeout matchup in the world. Um, but we're talking about a guy who was up around a 35% K rate when he's right. 
I'm going to go John Gray. Um, this is the type of pitcher that I love to target against Seattle. Big strikeout upside. Um, the pitch count is the like the ceiling issue. He's not going to throw 100 pitches typically, but he can throw seven or eight innings and have plenty of strikeouts, so don't hate it. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Give me Justin Verlander. Um, just love haven't it. seen the strikeout show up. Tough matchup against Toronto. I, I like love the it. other guys around him a lot more. I'm going to go to that same game. I'm going to say Bassett um, against the Mets. Low strikeout team. Bassett's been all over the place this year. Um, I'm going to pass on Bassett today. Over 4,000 to hit a homer today. Who you got going yard? Don't have a ton of interest in stacking Cardinals, but I do really like this spot for Nolan Gorman. Um, dude just had a, has a ton of power. He's having a really good season. Um, I like him against Rowan Z. Give me Ryan McMahon from Colorado. Love this spot for him today. Talked about it when we were talking about that game. Really like him today. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bat that you like to get two hits today? Royce Lewis is still too cheap for his talent. I'm not afraid of Aaron Savali. He's not going to strike many people out. Minnesota dealing with a bunch of injuries. He might get a bump up that lineup as well. So um, if I get 3,100, Royce Lewis hitting in the two or three hole, that's sign me up for that. Can't remember if I said this guy yesterday or not, but he did get two hits. So if I did say it, I'm so smart. Uh, if I didn't <laughs> say it, I'm still so smart. I'm just kidding. Um, but give me Nolan Jones. A um, little bit of a Rockies team here today. Really like the spot for the Rockies. Really like Nolan Jones at 2,900. He's been hitting great since he got called up. Uh, stack to score six or more runs today. This is a tough one today. Um, this is one of those slates where you might be building out like more like 3-3-2 type of lineups than you are like 5-3s. Uh, what's a stack that you like today? Give me the Kansas City Royals. Chase Anderson is not going to continue uh, to produce a one-something ERA. Kansas City, not a great offense, but I, I certainly like the two studs at, at the top, Bobby Witt and Sal Perez, and then they're they're cheap from there. I think they can get the job done today. I like it. Um, I, I've Listen, I've confessed my love for the Rockies today. I'm not going to say the Rockies. I love the Rockies today. Give me the New York Mets. Hate the ballpark in City Field, but I love the matchup against Chris Bassett. Give me the Mets to score six or more runs today. Uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? This is a wild one. Uh, big old this slate. Lots of good games. Yeah. 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 Should be fun. It, I mean, fun for a Friday slate for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> 13 games slate. I think, like, realistically, I will say that, like, my final thoughts of this slate are there's a lot of stuff that I feel like you can cross off like right off the bat. You can get, you can start narrowing stuff down. You could be picky on this slate. So um, I think that's what's really interesting overall. That's going to wrap it up here for Friday. Appreciate everyone for hanging out. Thanks YouTube chat. Uh, you guys always bring in the fire over there on the YouTube chat. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks Keith for filling in Monday and Tuesday. We'll be back on Monday talking baseball. Have a fantastic weekend, everyone. We'll see you then.